Well, wonderful. Good morning, everybody. I'm Alan. If you have not met me before, I'm going to say a few words about this. I just feel elated. Don't you feel elated? I feel elated. And it, um, the theme this morning that I'm speaking about is world winning worship. It's not my title. Don't show them the title, Peter. World-winning worship, and the comments of the judges are a perfect example of what I'm talking about here, that their expression and their feeling that they had when God's people were praising God with excellence and with heart and with joy, that feeling that they felt, that the whole crowd felt, that Alicia said it was like heaven. This is my idea of heaven, and, and they wanted to be part of it. And people want to be part of a worshiping church. They just don't know it yet, but all over the place, all over the world, people are looking to understand what is out there, what is better, what, what, what is going on. And um, I've been sharing in, in the last little while, uh, God gave me a word about 18 months ago about lead with worship. And it felt good, but I, I, I've been looking into it ever since to understand what it is. And I, I recently preached on name the year, because Jesus named the, the year, the year of the Lord's favor. We're still in that year. And then name the day, because Paul reminded us of God's promise that this is the day of salvation. And that we could even name the hour, because Jesus said the hour is coming, has now come when God will have worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. So, I was challenged. Can I do one more? So, can anybody guess what today's title is? Name the... <laughs> name the... Who said that? Anybody else? Name the... Minute. Ah, nah. I had it all along. Let's see it then, Peter. You were right. Bless your heart. Name the moment. Let's name the moment today. Let's name moments in our lives. You see, um, moments are what life is made up of, I guess. And um, the Bible's got lots of moments in it. There's a wonderful moment, it says in Matthew 3.16, when Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending. What a great moment that must have been. And Jesus had many, many moments, of course. The, the faith of the, remember the centurion who came with a sick servant? He came to Jesus and he said, can you heal my servant? And Jesus said, will I go with you? And he said, no, no, no. If you just say the word, Jesus, he'll be healed. And Jesus was so impressed by this guy's faith. And in that moment, it said, the servant was healed. The, ble the woman bleeding for 11 years as well, remember her, just comes to touch Jesus' coat. And in that moment, she was healed. There's lots of moments, and we have lots of moments, and the world is looking for a great moment, aren't they, all the time? Just the perfect moment when everything seems all right with the world. We're waiting for the moment when the right person comes along, or we're just waiting for Friday night when the pub's open, 
or you know we're waiting for that moment in the the airport when the bags are on the plane and we're heading off and it's a great moment and and the world is looking for moments and uh, it was great watching Leicester win the premiership and they celebrated I don't know if you saw it with the singing of Nesson Dorma 50,000 fans with their arms raised celebrating and singing their great victory a brilliant moment for them Hibs fans singing sunshine on Leith because they'd won the cup after 114 years and some moments take a long time coming and we have to work for them and prepare for them an Olympic champion dreaming of that moment when the gold medals around their net takes a lot of commitment and some moments we need to work for some moments of course are completely the opposite and disaster as we know can strike in a moment Jesus even talked about this in the parable of um, the, 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 the building and the, and the house, a house built on sand. It says, um, if you hear my words and put them into practice, he's like a man who built his house with a strong foundation. And the moment the torrent struck that house, it, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. But Jesus warned the apostles that the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice it's like a man who builds his house on a weak foundation. It just collapses. And we're all going to face moments when suddenly bad news comes along. And if we're not ready for that moment, the red 59 moment, if we're not ready, then our lives just collapse. But there is a way that we can be ready by putting Christ's words into practice and believing them and hearing from them. We can be ready for that moment. Like the moment when Peter... Jesus had just been taken off. He denied Christ three times and the cop crew, I think. And in that moment, he was convicted. And we've had moments of conviction. We've had moments of bad news when we get the, the diagnosis or the tax bill or everything like that. But there's a moment that we're all waiting for. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, For light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory. The gospel gives us the hope of being able to deal with bad moments. And we hope for good moments. We're waiting for the moment that when in a twinkling of an eye, Jesus will return and we'll be taken up to glory in a, the most wonderful moment. So moments, we're talking about moments today. They're so important, so powerful. And we've been explaining how God's promises are coming. Waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. And this is, comes a time when you have to receive it. And the moment has come. And the moment is now that the healing has come. The presence of God has come. The partner's come. The job has come. Speaking to Stephen this morning, his job has come. It's wonderful news. And we're waiting for moments and the good moment. And the promises that God has for us, Isaiah 66, 9 says, I bring to the moment of birth. Do I not bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? God has promises. We're waiting for them, believing for them. But there will come a time, and God is faithful, that when they will 
be delivered, and we will receive the promise. And it may be in that twinkling of an eye, we need to wait for that moment. But you may be waiting for other moments. And today, let's name the moment, the moment that God heals, the, no, the moment that the job arrives, the moment that we'll receive His presence. And let's believe for great moments. What have you been praying for? What are you hoping for? Perhaps now is the moment. And if it's not, keep preparing, keep getting ready, keep believing, keep being faithful, keep getting in the right place. Anyway, I'm running ahead of myself. Worship. Name the moment. These come together because I believe that a worship moment is the best moment that we can possibly have. And it's the moment that we're really all looking for, that the world is all looking for. When the presence of God comes and we feel His love, that's what the judges felt. They just didn't know it. They couldn't put words on it. In a moment, we can sing a song, but we feel something. And it's the presence of God, the love of God, when that moment when actually we just feel everything's going to be okay. That everything's going to be all right in the end. That it's going to work out. That's the moment we're walking, we're really all hoping for. And in worship, whether it's on a Sunday morning or just in a cafe, I've bumped into Henry and Margaret in cafe in town just for a minute. But it was like a moment. Moment that we just, I just, we could, we didn't say much, just hello, but it was a blessed moment and everything was all right with the world. If Henry and Margaret are in it, it's a good world. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. So moments can come and, and worship, as we've been talking about, is so much more than just a song, but it's, that's a moment that we can have on a Sunday morning. But that moment with the, a life laid down, a life of surrender, a life of worship is what we're talking about, and bringing our lives to be fully laid down for Christ. We can bring worship moments to the world. Psalm 96, next slide, lays this out and gives us some theology behind this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all the peoples. This was a psalm David wrote when he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, the Ark of the Covenant where the stone tablets were laid in that, that Moses had received from God Himself, the Ark of the Covenant, which was associated with the presence of God. It was restored to Jerusalem, and that was the moment that David had been singing and dancing and making a fool of himself before the people, and he had symbols, and 1 Chronicles 16 recounts it. And he commissioned the worship leaders to write this song, and then we see it again. When Nehemiah was rebuilt the temple and uh, the, the period of captivity that the Jews faced, they'd, they'd come back to the city of God, and they sang this song again. This is all about God's salvation. Sing a new song. Sing a new song to all the earth. And in this day and in this time, we're seeing this fulfilled before our very eyes. It was only fully fulfilled when Christ came, and we see it now since Jesus came, that nation upon nation is coming 
to follow Christ, to believe in Him, to, to receive the salvation of God. And they're all adding a new song. They're singing a new song. We're singing songs from all over the world today, from Africa, from America, from Australia, all over the world, a new song. Every single soul that comes to Christ is singing a, and adding to that song. These, this promise is being fulfilled, and the worship of God is for all the earth, and it, if all the earth don't know about God, how can they sing of His worship? We can't have worship without mission. We can't have mission with, unless it's fueled by the Spirit of God. We're singing a new song, and it's for all the earth, and, and as we understand that revelation, that God's heart is for all the earth, from Brazil. How many countries are here, I wonder? Who's not from Scotland? Just put your hand up. Brazil, England perhaps, Australia is it, Ireland, all over the earth, nations are coming together. This is happening. This psalm written thousands of years ago is being fulfilled before our very eyes, and it's wonderful. 1 Peter 1.9 says, but you, Vine Church, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. We are to declare His praises of Him who called us out of darkness into light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but you now have received mercy. Dear friends, he says, and this is how it comes to work out for us. Dear friends, I urge you, Peter says, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, amongst Dunfermline, amongst your communities, amongst your families. Live such good lives, church, that they, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day He visits us. A worshipful lifestyle is a, a lifestyle submitted to God, like Romans 12 we talked about, laid down. Our lives, like we were singing, in the shining light of God, this little light of mine, we've got to let our light shine every single day, proclaim His salvation day after day. We've got to talk well about God. We've got to talk well about each other in the church. We've got to talk well about our faith. We've got to talk about well about our Bible. We've got to talk just explain how good God is, and people should see that it's real, that it's genuine, that our lives are being changed and transformed. So they can't deny it. They see your good deeds, and it's wonderful. Just next psalm, we're going to jump a little bit, but read this psalm, just soak it all in. It links worship to mission, mission to worship. World winning worship ascribe to the Lord. Next, next one. Next slide. Ascribe to the Lord. Verse 7 it is. Seven, it is. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Talk to people about how good He is, what He's done in your life, what you've understood of Him. Ascribe to the Lord glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all they are. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. And it, it, you can read here a little journey that the nations, and Romans 1 reminds us that all creation 
reminds us of God's glory and power that nobody is without excuse. And the nations are coming to know Christ as missionaries are going out and the word is going out over the last 2,000 years. The gospel has gone out over the last 2,000 years. But they see it and, and, and it, they come and they start to get interested. They start to think maybe there is a God. Maybe, the, maybe there is more to life than meets the earth. And they come and, and they present an offering and, and people feel when they come to church they're not worthy. They've got to bring something. Bring their good deeds or their, you know, just something. But then, as the revelation of God's love and grace and salvation comes, we worship the Lord in the splendor. And that's true, certainly in my life, that there was that journey. I started to think about, is, is there a God? I think there must be a God. And I would start to try and read the Bible and understand it. And I spoke to people didn't didn't get it, but I I would you know think about it. And then finally, as I gave my life to Jesus, suddenly the whole world opened up for us. And there's a journey here that this is talking about. And um, I'm going to ask George up just now, just to give us um, his story of how he came to be the worship leader we see before him now. That how music played a part in his life, maybe. And um, come on, George, give him a warm hand. Have we got a mic? Yeah, and you got a mic for him. You got a mic. Not a Michael, but a mic. Thanks, George. So as you know, George, George um, leads worship here. Lindsay's last day of worship. George is on worship every single day till Christmas, I think. Every single day, every single Sunday. But every single day, George, you're worshiping. So I, I wanted to know and let us know what was, what was what's behind the guitar. Why are you up for doing this, George? Please tell us a little bit about your story. Right, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a long journey, so um, um, I'd just like to start by um, thanking God, my mighty Father, for sending His Son, Jesus, who was crucified for my sins and gave His life for my salvation. Um, Jesus is a real inspiration to me and is a shining example of how God would like us all to act towards each other. So, um, I'd just like to tell you a wee bit about what Jesus means to me. Um, I first came to know Jesus when I was just around six years old, and my mum and dad separated, and uh, I was living with my mother and two brothers in uh, my nana's house in Bilingri. Um and I got my first Bible for Christmas that year, and um, I used to read the stories of how Jesus um, performed his many miracles and, and the wisdom and knowledge and his teachings uh, just it truly affected me then. And I remember how contented and peaceful that it made me feel at that time. Um, I'm not sure why, but I always felt, I always sensed uh, like an evil presence in that house. And I believe that Jesus was there to protect me from that. Um, my grandfather was a great inspiration to me, and I, I used to help him uh, look after the priest's garden, and um, started um, going to the chapel, um, I became an altar boy, and um, 
and I even thought of becoming a priest at that time, um, which um, I was just so taken in with Jesus. And when, you, when you've got Jesus in your heart as a child like that, you, it's, it's, you've no doubt in your mind, it's like uh, there's just something there that, that comes into your heart. And um, <coughs> when, I, when I got to about nine years old, um, I was given my first guitar. And uh, I was really inspired by uh, my uncle John, who was a, he was a great singer, and um, he used to practice um, up the stairs and, and, uh, with uh, another guitarist, and, uh, and they used to practice their songs, and they used to go out and do the clubs. And uh, it just inspired me um, to, I said, I want to do that, you know? And um, so I started practicing, and... Um, I started to play Beatles songs, and, and I dreamt of playing in a band and becoming a pop star and all that stuff. Um, eventually, my priorities kind of changed, and Jesus became less important to me along the way. Um, I was touring Scotland at 14 in a band, and uh, and it was a it was a you know I was doing what I loved doing, so it was it was one of those things that just. Um, it felt like that's what I want to do, and um, um, I used to practice for many hours every day, and, and sometimes into the night, and uh, played most nights of the week, um, and went through that period, and when I came to around about 22, I was about 22 years old at the time, I think, um, uh, someone had put me forward for... Um, an addition uh, with the Trogs. I don't know if any of you know the Trogs, but um, they were a, a, a band at that time who were um, been in the charts and quite big. Um, and I went down um, to that addition and uh, met uh, met the band and Reg Presley, who was the the singer at the time. And and it just uh, I really enjoyed my time there, but. Um, they, they decided to go for, I was too young for them at the time, so um, it didn't really happen. So I, I kind of got discouraged and I thought, you know what, um, I just put my guitar down and it was, um, it just went in the cupboard and it was something like maybe 12 years later before I even looked at the guitar and it was, if you could think from playing it every day and going out and playing and, and then just bang, it was gone. Um, so, um, some years later, um, I, I bought a, a bright, sort of luminous yellow guitar. Hey. <laughs> um, and um, I never dreamt at that time that one day I'd be leading worship with it, uh, or I might have picked a, a different color. <laughs> <laughs> um, Around, uh, around about 1998, we, we opened a, a new business in Edinburgh uh, with my two brothers, and um, it was really successful, right? I remember for a short time feeling happy, contented, and, but it didn't really it didn't last that long, you know? It just, um, even though I had been blessed, um, I had a great wife and family, and I loved them so much. Um, um, but I just felt that there was something missing in my life. And um, 
in March 2000, we went to visit a, a long-time friend of my wife, Lynn's, um, who, was, who lived in Middleburg, Virginia. And during that time, I just noticed that there was something different about the way that they went about their life. And, um, and I realized that that was what was missing in our life. It was, um, they shared with us about how Jesus had worked on their lives, and, and this really got me thinking. Um, when we were leaving to come back home, um, Dan Sosa gave me a, a book to read by Charles Coulson, and it was called um, How Now Shall We Live? And um, he, Charles Coulson was uh, Richard Nixon's right-hand man, and um, he was the one that took the fall. He went to prison, um, and it's, all, it's a really good book to read. And I started reading the book on the flight back home, and I couldn't put it down. Um, and it was about maybe four hours later. It was one of the shortest flights I've ever been on. Uh, but four hours later, it was just like the penny dropped, you know. And I remember saying to myself, what a fool that I'd been. Because I had Jesus in my life when I was just that small boy. And I had let him go, you know. And, um, and I just thought, my goodness, it was just that feeling came over me. And that small boy was back, back in here. And that peace and contentment, just, I, I don't know, it's, um, it's a peace and contentment that it can only come from knowing Jesus. And it's, you, don't, there's, you don't understand it, it's just, it's just there. And, um, and it was then that I realized that all those stories that I'd read as a child and believed without doubt, were not, they weren't just stories, but they were real life accounts of what actually happened when Jesus was on this earth, and um, we we decided to move to Virginia um, a few months later because we because just the experience we'd had out there, and um, uh, there was a whole load of things had to happen to put that in place. But God, uh, he, he can make things happen if it's His will. So I don't know how it all came about, but we, uh, a few months later we were living in Virginia, and. Um, um, we started going to a church there, it was a Percival Baptist Church, and after we'd been there for a few weeks, the, uh, Lynn was speaking to um, some, of the, some of her friends there, and um, she had just uh, said that I played guitar, and um, so they said, oh, right, okay. Um, so the, the worship leader then, um, at that point, it was, a, it was just a social night we'd been having, and uh, so he says, hey, would you like to come along for a practice? I says, yeah, sure. Um, I'd, never, I'd never really un understood what the worship was at that point, and um, so I went along, and um, it, was, it was quite funny, really, because... Um, when you've got a gift and, and you've done it for so many times and somebody asks you to do it, you think, yeah, that's no problem, and you just do it. But they were, so they, they put some songs on and says, right, these are the songs we're wanting to practice. And um, I said, right, let's go, let's do it. And, and they were all pretty amazed that I could just pick the guitar up and play it like that. And I'm saying, well, what's the big deal? Because 
you know, and but it's a, when it's a gift, it's um, from God. It's it's effortless, so you you don't really think about it. And I couldn't understand what the big deal was about at all. Um, but after that, they they says, right, um, would you like to come into the team? So, and I was. I was in that team for about five years, and uh, it was a great time because I learned so much from them um, about worship. And um, I have to say that I've, I've, have, I've had so much more um, joy out of playing worship music than I ever did going out playing all the other stuff that I've done, you know. And I used to love playing, and I got, the, I got a buzz off it. Um, I never, ever needed to have alcohol or drugs or anything like that because... I got my buzz from the music, um, and I, I, I really can't understand the people that do that because it just—it's—you it, don't need it. So, but um, so that's that's kind of how I—I I, I started to become involved in the worship. Um, and since Jesus came back into my life, um, it's helped me to handle difficult situations within my family and everyday life uh, with more understanding, patience. And there's a love and understanding that only comes through knowing Jesus and believing that all that he's done. And that's, and, and that's what really I felt has benefited me. Um, I've been fortunate through my life to experience the Spirit of God. And, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's when you're beaten down and you, and you feel... You're down there um, when God reveals himself, and, and I've been fortunate enough to be in that position. Um, I've also, um, God's revealed his glory to me in, in dreams as well, and, um, and it's just when it happens, you know that there's something, you know it's, you say, you, you're, you're saying, well, oh my goodness, what's, this, what's going on, what's happening? But you just know that it's not of this world. It's the Spirit of God that's, that's moving in you. Um, at times I've been on this platform, and um, I've heard the heavens roar on this platform. And I, I just can't explain it. I, just, I was up here, a part of the great team, and, um, and the heavens opened up. And uh, I just hope that um, other people are, are, can experience that because it's, it's so wonderful when it happens. And... Um, I think it happened to me in Virginia as well, and it, you know, I mean, people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but um, and if anybody could explain it to me, I would appreciate it. But we were playing um, uh, worship music um, at a friend's. Um, they had a big, uh, big uh, villa that he had, and we were on the porch, and um, I heard the frogs singing along with their worship. The and frogs. The frogs. The frogs. The frogs, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if anybody could tell me what that's all about, uh, yeah, I'd really appreciate it. But, I mean, honest, it's... Um, and every time we stopped playing, they stopped. And I'm, and I'm standing there and I'm saying, what's going on? Did that just happen, you know? Um, so, it's, it's, been a, it's been a great experience. I just hope that... I hope that when you people come in the door here that that you experience Jesus because when you, when you speak to someone or, or I just hope that Jesus is present in this building and I hope that you experience that. Um, the Spirit of God 
is all around us, he's here, and he's real, so um, that's it. Brilliant. Brilliant, George. I need it, I need it. George, thank you so much. It's really helpful to hear and the powerful and feeling, conviction, transformation, a lifestyle of worship is what we're looking for. And if you read more of Psalm 96, you might just get your answer about the frogs. Have a look, have a look. Um, Paul understood, the Apostle Paul understood. The next slide, please, Peter exactly what George just described has happened to him. The church at Thessalonica, a Greek church, he writes this to them. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message of the. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. With the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so, become a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only. I should, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia here. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turn to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. The church, you can sometimes feel, has lost its way. And we're just coming with words to convince the world. But what it needs is the power and the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. The world needs a worship moment. The world needs the Holy Spirit. And next slide, the fruit of this and how we do this, Paul also talks about when he's explaining to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, he describes that you yourself are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You should know, you, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tablets of stone, but in tablets of human hearts. Hearts, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. If you're feeling intimidated, you think, well, I can never talk to people. I can never share anything. I can never explain anything. Paul's given us a way out. He's showing us, well, it's actually not about even Paul. It wasn't about him. He says, this competence comes from God. He's made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the life gives spirit. And Paul understood that this was a new covenant. 
that this new covenant, this new promise, this new song that was being outworked before our very eyes, promised in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and carefully follow my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. This is the gospel of Christ, that we will be transformed, that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we will want the things that God wants, that we will love the Lord our God, and we'll know Him, and He will know us. This is the message of Christ. This is what we, this is what we want the vine to become. Our vision is to, that we would ring out across the community here, across Dunfermline, across Scotland, that here is where God is. We've heard of the faith of the people of Dunfermline, across the nations. That's what the church wants to have as His reputation in the world. Wow, their faith is amazing. God is with them. Actually, I want to be up in the choir as well. I want to be singing their songs. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the, the earth. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us. Worship is the goal of mission. No worship, we need mission. Where there's worship, we don't need mission anymore. Authentic salvation, real salvation, if you know you're saved, is a transformed life, a worshiping life. I've got another story I want to hear. I want to introduce Rhoda this morning because um, Rhoda's not long come to church. Come on, Rhoda, give her a warm welcome. <laughs> Rhoda's not been coming along for a while. Thank you. Um, but I, I'd heard a little bit about your, what you do, Rhoda, your um, journey here and your background and, and what you're doing in schools. And I would love, uh, in the context of this, well, how on earth can we be competent ministers of this new covenant? And, and it may be in ways that we've not thought of so Tell us a little bit about what you're okay. doing, Rhoda. Uh, I'm Rhoda. Uh, I work for a charity that uses uh, rock music to reach primary school kids and teach them uh, important life lessons and values and things like that. Um, it originally was a Christian organization, but we actually um, had to take the label of being Christian away from it because it was limiting the number of schools that we could actually reach which is sad, but that's just the case. Um, so uh, I've got some notes here, I'm a bit old school with like the pen and Good paper. For you. Um, let me see. Yeah, but it's the same messages that we, we teach them and um, we try and get through to them with music, but it doesn't actually have any direct references to Christianity or the Bible. Uh, some of the messages that we promote are things like self-acceptance, like we're all really cool and unique and loved exactly the way we are. Uh, Anti-bullying, we teach them how to treat people, how to include others. Um, perseverance, to have the confidence to uh, keep on going, follow their dreams. Um, what else? Friendship, apologizing, forgiving. And the future, like we teach them that the future is really exciting and that it's completely in their hands and they have to make the right choices to shape it as they hope to. So um, 
I came to know Jesus through music. Uh, probably my earliest memory was uh, worship when I was like a wee girl in the church. And it was just really contagious, like the joy that would come from everyone else around me, it kind of just rubbed off on me. And I started to really, really love music. And I decided that that's the avenue that I wanted to follow. So I went to uni and I, I worked hard and I, I studied music and I, you know, I trained for a long time. And then afterwards I was like, okay, <laughs> what to do? And I was getting a bit of stick from the parentals. They're saying, mm -hmm. Rhoda, you worked hard and what are you actually doing? You know, you're not really using your gifts. You're not using your talents. And I says, well, you know, I, I sing in the shower and <laughs> in the car, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they were right. And then I got a phone call from a pal of mine that I was at uni with, and he was running a, like a piano tuition business in Livingston. I was up in Stornway at this point, sorry. And he phoned me up and he said, look, I've, I'm getting a lot of business here. Um, you know, I would love if you could come down and help me because um, I want to start these group piano classes. And I says, well, phrase like I can't really justify moving from Stornoway for like a Saturday job. But, you know, I'll, well, you know, I'll look out for something else and I'll get back to you, like leave it with me. And then that night I prayed and I said, look, uh, Jesus, make it clear like what you want me to do. I'd love that. And then the very next morning I see an advert for a job for Rookie Rockstars, which is the charity. And so I apply, I fill out the application. The next morning I get a phone call from the guy that runs it. He's very excited, he wants to meet me. I go down uh, to Glasgow at the end of that week. We have a chat, we meet up. Um, I think it looks brilliant. He asks me if I want the job. I said, yeah. And then that moment brought me to Dunfermline. And then that brought me to this church. And then that brought me here. And <laughs> So that's kind of how it happened for me. That's amazing. And, and all right, is it uh, the, the charity rock, what's it called again? Uh, Rookie Rockstars. Rookie Rockstars. Okay, brilliant. Love it. And and then it's a Christian just behind it, but, yeah. but, but just having to minister it in, in, in a certain way. But it is like that. You know, we start somewhere, they get uh, people hear about God, start to think, start to get prompted. And when they, they get to know maybe... You, you, you take the kids out and have a, do a concert with them, is that right, at the end of the yeah, week? Yeah, we take like the whole primary school for four days uh, through the week. We make a little CD with them on the Thursday, and then the following week we have a concert for like the mums and dads and grannies. And Wonderful. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? And, and, and uh, am I right, Are you got as a, one, one of the offices, you're renting one of the office spaces here? Yeah, we haven't used it once yet, uh, but it is here in the yeah. hope that it will grow much yeah. bigger at this side of the world because it, through in Glasgow it's really popular and it's been there for a long time, well three years but I moved down in April and that's when they were beginning over oh, this over side. So. so if you had one prayer for the charity and, and what would you like to see God do? Uh, um, just that it keeps reaching children and that they, they um, soak up all the messages that we're, we're, we're spreading, yeah. Amazing, let's pray, come on church, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay, you can clap as well. Um, thank you, Father, for Rhoda and the mission and, and the, the vision behind this charity. Father, we pray blessing on all those involved and that we'll see a breakthrough in Dunfermline in the East here, O oh God. We stand with you, Rhoda. We stand with the charity and we ask, O oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move in this place. Change the atmosphere, O oh God, in schools. Change the atmosphere. Offer um, young people a hope and a light and, and uh, that your light may shine 
Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing Rhoda through this journey and, and to this place and for, for all the people involved in this charity and bless them, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, Rhoda, so much. Brilliant. Really appreciate that. And creative ways to be ministers of this new covenant. But every single one of us is called to be on mission. It's not just for the worship leaders up here. It, it's every single one of our lives is an act of worship. And we just need confidence to know that actually we do make a difference, that we can make a difference. And um, I'm convinced there was a moment when just the universe changed when Mary said yes to the angel. The Holy Spirit came upon her and the physical Jesus, Emmanuel, God made man, rests in her womb. And she went to see Elizabeth, her cousin, who had already received a miracle. And in Luke 1, you can read it. When they met, it says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and understood that God was doing amazing things in Mary's life. Who am I that the daughter of my Lord, the Savior, would come? And Mary's response was to sing a most beautiful song of rejoicing and thanksgiving to God. And that picture is a picture of every single one of us. As the Holy Spirit comes upon us, not in our wombs, but in our faith by heart, in our hearts by faith, of course, that we take Christ out with us every single where you go. You have the power of Christ with you. And we don't quite know how the Holy Spirit moves, but we can believe that like the original promise to Abraham, you'll be a blessing to all nations. You will be a blessing to every single nation, in every circumstance, every day, every moment, there's an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. And it may be just a kind word, a small deed, but we just don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that, that this church, the church is going to grow through the power of that moment, that, that feeling that sense of something more, and we carry that with us. And I want you to be encouraged today, church. And I want you to come and get filled up today. Arise, shine, for your light has come. We started with that song. We'll get ready for that last song, that clip, Peter. We're just going to minister um, to you, and um, I know we're running on a little bit, but I just think it's worth it. I want to give you the opportunity to have a moment, whether it's a moment of healing, moment of anointing, moment of confession, moment of redemption, moment of strengthening. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has come upon you. Let's just put the lights down and start to listen to this song. See the darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you. This is a word for every single one of you. The Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We carry the Spirit of God within us, and if we're filled up, we're filled every day, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, 
we will see the atmosphere changing now for the spirit of the Lord is here the evidence is all around it's our lives it's your lives it's just come and, and um, there's a bit of flashing in this video towards the end so if you need to close your eyes but just let the spirit of God come 